This is Dr. J, retired demon hunter and knower of things. And what you just heard is Lalo Schifrin's theme song for the Animeville Horror. And that song still gives me the heebie-jeebies. I love, first of all, I love Lalo Schifrin. Yeah, he does like mostly more like funky disco type themes. Like if you listen to the soundtrack to Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee, that's Lalo Schifrin. He's really an amazing uh, songwriter. Now we're hearing this, and it's like, holy crap, this is scary. Very, very scary stuff. And with me today, as always, well, not as always, he's only been on one other show, is Zaggy Marsdust and the Spiders from Hell. Oh, I like that. That's pretty good. Pretty good, Zaggy. Uh, Zaggy Marsdust. I'll take it. I'll take it. So we're going to get into the Animeville Horror, huh? Absolutely, Zaggy. So I'm going to ask you some things about this, but uh, I hope people are excited that Zaggy is back. I hope so, too. It's really good to be back. So, Amityville Horror. There, there's a couple things we got to talk about here because there is a real true crime murder as part of this episode, and that is the murder of the DeFeo family. And this little side note is I am part of the DeFeo family. My grandmother's maiden name is DeFeo. So am I related? I don't know. You look at the pictures to kind of see some kind of family resemblance there. Um, But that has always been on my mind growing up. Uh, Are we actually related to the DeFeos of Long Island, New York? Now, Let's get into what we're going to talk about here is first, we're going to talk about the actual crime, then we're going to talk about the demon part of it, and then we'll talk about some more things when it comes into um, was it a hoax or not, how much of it is true, because even today, even with all the investigation that has been going on, people still believe in this. And then there's a large large group of people who are like, nah, I don't believe in it. So let's talk about the murder. It was November 13th, 1974. Ronald Butch DeFeo Jr. shoots and kills six members of his family at 112 Ocean Ave on the south shore of Long Island, New York. It's interesting, I went to that address on Google Maps and it's blurred out. So I believe you can request Google Maps to blur out your house, but it's kind of depressing to me that I can't see it on Google Maps. The initial story is he's sort of in this uh, 
TV room and he's high and he goes up and he just kind of doesn't really call much of anything. It just happened really fast and he doesn't even hear the gunshots when he's doing it and kills all six members. Now, the problem with this story is that all six members were found face down in like on their beds as if they were shot and killed while they were sleeping. Now, that makes sense for the first, possibly the second victim. But how do you not wake up the entire house? How does anybody sleep through these gunshots in their home? So we got, bam, still asleep. Bam, still asleep. I mean, this is uh, six members. These are six people being killed, and every one of them is laying in the bed as if they were killed in their sleep. Now, that is creepy to me and opens up a whole can of worms when it comes to conspiracies. Even Ronnie DeFeo. Now, he was convicted, and he's been spent his life in jail since 1974, and he died uh, very recently, I think last year in 2021, he died in jail. So anything that we want to know has died with him. He didn't really talk much, and when he did talk, it was always something else. So he's basically a liar, and anything he says should basically be taken with a grain of salt. There had been a time where he said the mob killed the whole family. Ronald DeFeo Jr.'s father, Ronald DeFeo Sr., his father did have ties to the mafia, and it doesn't really fit with the mafia's M.O. They don't usually kill, I don't think they ever, it's kind of against their code of honor to kill children. So it's very hard to believe that the mob would come in and kill the whole family. Maybe kill the dad, maybe the mom, but not not the kids. So it doesn't make sense why the mob would want to kill all these children. So that doesn't seem to be the, the, the real story there. If you want to go with the demon aspect, Ronald did say that he heard voices to tell him to do this. It also, if you want to believe in the demon part of it, it's interesting also because how is it that none of the neighbors heard any gunshots? Now, they heard the dog barking, but they didn't hear any of the gunshots. And some people who believe in the demon theory say that the, the demon was able to make all this, like the gunshots, silent. And that's why these people are laying face down as if they were killed in their sleep because the gun made no noise. Now, he did not have a silencer on it, if you're thinking that. There was no silencer on the gun. Then there's this wild story that him, Ronald Butch Jr. and his sister Dawn were both working in it together. Now, Ronald wanted to kill the parents, but then Dawn was like, whoa, uh, I can't have my sisters and brothers go through life with this. They're going to have a messed up life with all this trauma. So she ends up killing the kids, and then Ronald Jr., pissed off, kills Dawn. And so that's one other version of this story. And then there's a story that Ronald also says is that Dawn was the one killing everyone. And Ronnie tried to stop her, fought her for the gun, and then killed her, and she was the last one to die. So he's blaming the whole thing on his sister, and that in self-defense he killed his sister, Dawn. So you can see how messed up all of this is. Now, Zaggy, what's your opinion about the demon uh, 
kind of view that some people have. It's, it's highly possible. You see, demons can get into your head and make you do something. And so if you believe in demons, there's no reason why that is not possible. Now, I want to bring something up. The way we use the word demon in this scenario could be true, right? First of all, if Ronald DeFeo Jr. went and did this, there's definitely something in his brain that is making him think this, this should happen. All right, so we can look at it that maybe drugs are the demon, or maybe it is his history in the family. We'll talk about that in a second. Now, there was a letter. So, a, you know, there is a, a, a lot of information about this. And one journalist actually received a letter from Ronnie while he was in jail. And Ronnie basically dismisses the whole demon stories. He's like, that's basically to sell stuff. The one who did the killings does not claim there was any supernatural activity in the house. He once said, there was no demon. You know who is the demon? I am the demon. So that, yes, if you look at it that way, Ronnie is the demon. He's the one who did this stuff, and we can look at it that way. And depending on your religious beliefs, you could think that he was possessed by whatever this thing is that haunts this house. The house is another character in this story. So we got Ronnie basically dismissing supernatural activity. So we got the killer saying this. So how did we get to this place? Well, after Ronnie does the killings, he then goes to jail and the house is sold to a couple and they are the Lutzes. And the Lutzes buy this house, and 28 days later, no relation to the movie with zombies, 28 days later, they run screaming out of the house, leave all their belongings, never go back to pick, and pick it up, and they just claim it was because of what was going on in the home. That story gets out to a, uh, an author. His last name is Anson. This author writes the book, and when he writes the book, it then becomes a movie, and the movie becomes a hit. We need to really think about the 1970s when we think about this, because if you're just looking at Animeville Horror, at this point, there are so many Animeville Horror movies and books and documentaries and uh, nonfiction books. There's just so much out there. And it's silly at this point when you look at some of There's a, a very funny YouTube trailer for, I guess it's coming out this year. It's called Amityville in Space. Looks god-awful. Looks like an awful, awful movie, but it will make you laugh. Go watch the trailer on YouTube, Amityville in Space. There's also Amityville in the Hood. I think it's made by the same people who made Amityville in Space. Really awful stuff. But that's where it's gotten to, just to the point of cheesy, goofy horror stories. But let's go back to 1970s. 1970s, there's a lot of creepy stuff. We're getting off the Manson murders, right? We have Vietnam going on. It's a scary time for America and the world. And there is a lot of belief or growing beliefs in the occult and in supernatural and mysteries 
And this is why the show in the 70s, In Search Of, with Leonard Nimoy, was very popular. Things that were huge in the 70s was people obsessed with Bigfoot and UFOs and all that fun stuff that you see on In Search Of, of lost civilizations and things like that. And one thing is definitely hauntings and ghosts and things like that. So we're in a scary time in America, and this book comes out and turns into a movie with James Brolin and Margot Kidder, who played Lois Lane in the Superman movie in 1978. The book is written by Jay Anson, and then there's this movie that comes out, and it is 1979. So Superman came out in 78. We got Lois Lane on the title. So like these are big names. James Brolin and Margot Kidder are big names. The posters got the picture of the house. It says, for God's sakes, get out. Hey, Zaggy, why don't you say it'll sound better? For God's sakes, get out. Thank you, Zaggy. So by the way, if you don't know who Zaggy is, you got to go back to another episode where Zaggy appears, and it's the Hecate episode, and you can hear my introduction to Zaggy. Uh, I'm, I really feel bad. Zaggy, Zaggy, I apologize. I'm going to give you a little introduction. No, no worries. No worries. Uh, I, we got a lot to talk about, so I understand if I'm not jumping in as much as I did on the Hecate episode. All right. So what we're going to do is talk real quick that Zaggy is the president of hell. He is... The president of hell. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Oh, oh, very nice. Very nice. I am the president of hell and I can do a few awesome things. I can change water to wine, wine to water, and I can turn any metal into a coin. That's pretty cool stuff. We had a conversation about that, but I just wanted to let you know who Zaggy was. If you're just tuning in, Zaggy is the president of hell. I bring him on to give the demonic perspective of some of our episodes. So let's get right back into the movie coming out, 1979, scaring the hell out of everyone. I'm a young child. I am younger than 10 years old when I see this movie, and it scares the hell out of me. Now, I don't know if it holds up as well today, but... Then it did. That song scared me. The little pig's eyes in the window. All that stuff scared me. Now, what the Lutzes claim is that they moved into the house and all kinds of weird supernatural things started happening. They had like slime coming from the walls. There were like these swarms of flies attacking people. Um, there's obviously Jody, who is the demon that is befriending their little girl. And you know, there's all this activity. There's this weird red room they discover in the basement. They get so freaked out. And if you haven't seen Animeville Horror, go watch it. It's definitely worth watching. I don't know if you need to go on beyond that, but definitely watch the first one. And um, the idea is that George Lutz, the, the, the man, the father, is not acting like himself anymore. And they have it in the movie where he's basically thinking about killing his family just like DeFeo did. So whatever convinced DeFeo to do this, George Lutz almost did it himself because of whatever is in the house. And that's where we are now, the house. Ronnie's in jail. There's all kinds of debate about why he did it. The book comes out by Jay Anson. The movie comes out. Big hit. 
Now we had this house at 112 Ocean Ave. I think they actually changed the address because so many people were like, oh my God, this house. And people were going to visit it. And the iconic semi-circular windows that are from the movie, they were changed even. Like the people who lived there were like, this is crazy. People won't leave this house alone. So they ended up changing the address. They changed the look a little bit of the house. And it's still a place where people want to go see. And even on Google Maps to the point where they had to blur out the Google Maps. Now, is the house haunted? This is where it gets interesting because we have... Um, the Warrens, and everybody knows who the Warrens are because of the Conjuring movies. We have Lorraine Warren and her husband, and they are the the psychics and the demonologists, and they're the ones who are going to go and uh, basically uh, solve the case or, or find out what's going on. So on the night of March 6th, 1976, the house is investigated by Ed and Lorraine Warren. They are the husband and wife team that we know from The Conjuring. They are self-described demonologists, not much different than me, self-describing me as a retired demonologist. And together with the crew from the television station um, and reporter Michael Linder, during the course of the investigation, they took a series of these photos. And in one photo, you'll see the demonic boy picture. And you can look this up. It's the demonic boy with glowing eyes standing at the foot of a staircase. It is a creepy photo. I'll give it that. But it, I believe most people think it's faked. And it's actually the photographer's son who was in the picture. And despite it being fake, um, you know, I'm sure some people still believe in that picture. But the one of the journalists, and I've been talking a lot about certain things. He's the one who got the letter. Uh, his name is Marvin Scott, and he was there with the Warrens. And he was asked, yeah, were you frightened? And he said, not at all. And as far as he's concerned, nothing weird happened that night. Um, so, and he's got close ties. I mean, he was getting letters from DeFeo in jail. And he's been part of this since the beginning. So it's interesting to hear his perspective of the haunting of the house. Because he spent the night in the house in 1976, like we were just talking about. He joined the seance with parapsychologists, psychics, and of course, Ed and Lorraine Warren. They sat at the kitchen table with a blessed candle and a crucifix at the center and the psychics and, and the Warrens, they did all these chilling incantations. They set the scene. They made it freaky. Like if you're just a normal person and you're sitting in this house with the Warrens and they're like, are you here? And they got lights. and I'm sure, yeah, you're going to get freaked out. But this journalist said he did not experience anything and he was there for five hours. Um, at 3 a.m., they had a single candle flickering in the darkness and he sat with Lorraine Warren in the sewing room. It's the so-called location of the strongest demonic force. And he didn't experience anything, but Lorraine says, Marvin, this is the closest to hell I ever want to get. Now, I don't know. I would love for you to find me. Now, I have a Facebook group that I have set up for these discussions to have after these podcasts. So it's called... Monsters, Magic, and Mayhem. You can find it on Facebook. 
join the group. We can talk further about all this because I'd love to know what my audience believes about Ed and Lorraine Warren. I don't know prior to the Conjuring movies how much people really bought into their act or if the movies helped make them feel even more legitimate. I'm on the, the, the fence with them. I'm, I'm pretty much believe they're frauds. Uh, there's just so much that came out about what they do to make me feel like they're fraudulent, but I'd love to have that debate with you if you disagree with me. So Facebook group, Magic uh, Monsters, Magic, and Mayhem, join the group, and let's get into that discussion. All right, back to the show. So we know that the house is legendary at this point. It's, it's only two years after the murder, but this is what's going on. And Lorraine and Ed Warren are going on shows. They're talking about, because this is a big deal. The, uh, the Amityville case is huge for them. It really puts them in the spotlight. Marvin Scott says he was more frightened watching the movie than he was actually li- like spending time in that house. Very cool. Now, he has a book. I don't get money off this. I'm just bringing it up. He has a book called As I Saw It, A Reporter's Intrepid Journey, and there's a whole chapter on Amityville in his book. So if you're interested on reading more about Marvin Scott and his experiences with Amityville, definitely check that out. Wow. Yeah, you really got a lot to say. How how are you breathing? So uh, as far as demonic forces, we could absolutely be part of Amityville. And I... Honestly, can't give you an answer because it's the Hell Clause. It's uh, sort of a demonic mission that I have of not revealing certain things of demonic activity, whether they are real or not, because we in Hell want you to remain frightened as Hell. So I'm not going to ever, ever tell you what's real or fake unless it is used to harm somebody who doesn't need to be harmed. Thanks, Saggy. Thanks. Uh, it's a good point. Uh, you can't really ask a demon for an honest answer and expect it, especially if their job is to make you freaked out. So I appreciate you coming through with that. Um, so we know that the murder happened, and then we know that the movies come out, and then people are freaked out, and now we got the Warrens running around preaching that it is haunted. Now, I would die to spend a night in the Amityville house. Like, it would be a cool thing. I I mean, someday I want to be in all these houses, the Winchester Mansion, the Amityville house, like all these places I want to go and sleep over there. I am not worried at all. For one, I'm retired demon hunter, Dr. J, and I fear no demons. Number two, I think it would be cool to have the experience. However, many, 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 many people have lived in that house ever since the Lutzes ran screaming. And they all say there is nothing wrong with the house. There is no demon. There is no ghost. There is no possessions. It's all fine and dandy on Long Island. There's no worries. So it's kind of sad that, I guess it's not sad. As long as people aren't getting hurt, I don't mind like if a good haunting. But um I think it'd be more fascinating if it was still mysterious and not everybody just like, hey, there's no ghost here. But you might also think like maybe it is haunted and they tell you there's no ghost because they don't want you all hanging out in their front yard. It's annoying. I'm sure they're annoyed as hell. Even if it is haunted, they're going to say it isn't haunted, right? So why does it live on? Why? It's out there and you can find it that George Lutz and his wife 
created this hoax to make money with the author, Jay Anson. And there is, uh, I think his name is Rick. The author's name is Rick Asuna. And he wrote a book called The Night the DeFeos Died, Reinvestigating the Amityville Murders. And that came out in, looks like 2006. I would also advise you to read that book because he really brings up a lot of points, especially about the fact, and I was going to bring this up earlier about how we decide to use the word demon, but Ronald DeFeo Sr., the father, was an abusive man. He abused the wife. He abused his kids, and it was a horrible existence. They lived in Brooklyn. They were having not a very good upbringing and not very good marriage. It was awful, and they moved to Amityville on Long Island, and they put up a sign, High Hopes, for the home that they moved into because he had high hopes that this was going to be a different experience. They were going to change. He was going to change. And really what it's coming down to is Ronald couldn't take it anymore. Some even say Dawn couldn't take it anymore. That actually an awful, awful fight broke out in the house that day when they got murdered. And Dawn was like, well, we're going to get killed if we don't do something about this guy. So it is believed that they attacked the parents because of the abuse. Obviously, the father because he's abusive, the mother because she was an enabler and didn't do anything to help the kids. And then if you believe the rest of the story that Dawn wanted to kill the other uh, siblings because they couldn't grow up in this kind of life, so she did it, and then Ronald killed her, all kinds of things. But then it goes down to how do we define demon? Because if the father was this abuser, how is it not that he's not not demonic in the sense of spiritual de- demonism, but you could believe that. If you believe in that type of stuff, the father is possessed by some evil forces. He's a just an awful man, and he's not good, therefore he's bad, and therefore he's demon, and he was a horrible husband and father, and because of that, he was killed. So who's the demon? Is it the kid for, for eventually losing his mind and killing them all? Is it the father for bringing him to that point? We don't know. Is there some force that, that like got into them because they were sort of those type of people who are susceptible to demonic possession? Who knows? You'll never know the answer to this. But it's fascinating research to go and investigate One, the actual night they died, the murders, the family. That's a whole true crime story in itself. Then you have the Lutzes and investigating whether or not they had a hoax or not. Did they actually make it all up to make money? And then you have the legacy. Why is it still, and and it's going to be almost 50 years. In 2024, it'll be 50 years since the murders. 50 years, and it's still... Uh, a conversation that just brings people together to talk about what happened. And I think it's because of all the mystery behind it and all the sort of, was it a lie? Was it true that we sort of keep talking about this? So I hope you enjoyed my long episode. It's longer than I usually do. My long episode of the Amityville horror. I still love the movie. I think the music's awesome Although I can't like listen to the song by myself, like I'd have to be out in the bright sunlight around people, and then maybe I can listen to it without being scared. It's a good, good movie, good book. Whether it's true or not, it's a good story. And 
Whether there's a demon, that depends on your definition of demon. So I hope you can get on that Facebook page. Let's make this happen. The Facebook page is also my Demon Hunters Academy. So if you want to learn more about how you can become a demon hunter, just in case the demons come after us someday, let's say you don't believe in vampires. What if they're real? I'm going to teach you just in case the vampires come and get you. What about a werewolf? How are you going to stop it? I'm going to teach you in the Demon Hunters Academy how you can stop a werewolf in case it attacks. One day the demons decide to rise. You're not prepared because you don't believe. Well, guess what? You take the just-in-case course at the Demon Hunters Academy at the Facebook group, and we will put together this Demon Hunters Academy and be ready for anything. And it's all in good fun, all for entertainment. But I hope you can join Facebook group, and it is called Monsters, Magic, and Mayhem. And if my audience is not on Facebook, then let me know. Go to Twitter and say, James, come on, who does Facebook anymore? Tell me where to go. We'll set it up on Discord or something like that. Just let me know. And that's all I got. I'm sweating here. It is like 100 degrees. So I'm going to get cooled down. And I hope you enjoyed this. Please go to Apple and give me some nice reviews. Let me know you're out there, man. Let me know you're out there. All right. Good night, Zaggy. Good night. Sleep tight. <laughs> All right, Zaggy, that's a little creepy. All right, bye-bye. Be sure to follow me on TikTok at James Ippoliti. I'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. The Real Demons of Pop Culture is a Gorilla Delphia production.